This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Hello, my Kako. Welcome to a new episode of What's Squeewent? Uh, we start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're going to be talking about driving in Hawaii versus driving on the mainland. What are some of the unique things Hawaii drivers do that you may not see anywhere else in the country, maybe even in the world, including the question, why do we reverse into parking stalls? Ever give it some thought? I'm happy to welcome Stephen Wong to the program. Stephen is a Hawaii State Department of Transportation certified driver instructor, and he's also the owner of Wong Way Driving Academy. <laughs> welcome to the program. Welcome to PBS Hawaii. Thanks, Ron. Uh, good Appreciate to have it. you here. Really, really happy to have you here. Uh, but I have to ask before we get started, what school you went? I went to Central Union High School, which is in California, in a little small town of El Centro, California, which is Really far south, almost 12 miles from the border, actually. Oh, close to Mexico. So yeah, right next to the border. Past San Diego, then, even. Yeah, it's actually east of San Diego, about an hour and a half drive. And it's actually a, an hour drive to get to Arizona from where I grew up, where oh, I was wow. born and raised, yeah. Interesting. And so what brought you to the islands? I was working for uh, Marriott at the time, and I was working at San Francisco International Airport. And then I, I came to Hawaii a couple of times, and I said, I could live here, you know what I mean? <laughs> so then the, on my second trip, I asked my general manager, can I interview while I'm in Hawaii? And I go, sure. He goes, sure, go ahead. So I interviewed while I was here. And then my, my boss at the time, I mean, so he told me, yeah, we don't have any openings. I go, why would there be an opening? This is Hawaii, right? Two months later, he called me. He's like, you want to come out? And I said, yeah, I'm here. So I've been here since 1986. Wow. So you started in the visitor industry? Uh, yeah. Your, your career, if you will? Yeah, basically. Well, so the Marriott was... Uh, Food and beverage that was inside the airport. We, it was oh, yeah, yeah, International okay. Marriott. They ran all the concessions in the airport. Right, right. They do that in some universities as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They still do that here. My wife still works. At this the Marriott. Is, where I met her. She Is works that at how the you airport. met her? Yeah. Oh, well, a love story <laughs> in the islands. Um, so how in the world did you get into the certified driving instructing world? I mean, that's, yeah, that's way very different, different from food, food and beverage. Yeah, I actually went you know, through a food service program similar to like KCC has in California, San Francisco City College. So I've been in the food business my whole life. And then 16 years ago, um, my kids were all in high school. And then my oldest son decided he wanted to take driver's ed because he wanted to get his license before he graduated. And I had been telling him since sophomore year, get in the school program because there's a big long wait list. So he waited till he was senior. Then he said, okay, well, we'll start looking around. So we started calling around, and everybody was full. You couldn't get into anybody's class. So it was kind of like, wow, let me look into this. What's this going to take to become a driving instructor? My boss at the time told me he was going to retire. So I said, oh, i got to look for something else to do. And I go, see, apparently there seems to be a shortage of this. Let me try it out. I didn't know if I was going to like it or not, but I said, oh, it's worth a shot. So I got certified, and I started off teaching, like, I think I bought my first driver's ed car at Kia. So I was talking to the general manager there, and he's like, hey, you got this little small space in the showroom. Can I use this for a classroom? He's like, sure, come on in. So I started with like 10 students in a tiny little corner of the showroom at Kia. Started there, and my son was in high school. My next son was uh, right up the age of 15 and a half. 
And pretty much I just told him, bring all your friends. I'll certify him, certify all of them basically for almost nothing, you know, just because I wanted to get started. Wow. So that's how I got started. And then Here realized, hey, this is great. I enjoy it. It's fun teaching, you know, students how to drive and the classroom portion is very enjoyable. Hey, better you than me. I, I, I taught <laughs> my kids how to drive and it takes a tremendous amount of patience, uh, tremendous amount of patience. I'll leave it at that. But, you know, you and I, old school, We, I mean, I grew up driving when I was 12 uh, on Kauai. I mean, it's not uncommon that right. you, you learn how to drive early, not now, of course, obviously. Yeah. It's, 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 it's schools and hours spent uh, that you need to invest before you can even think about driving. But driving has changed immensely in Hawaii and across the nation. Yes, it has, dramatically. I, it's, it's even from when I moved here in 1986, there was lots of, uh, you know, kokua amongst drivers. Everybody used to shock. I mean, everybody shocked. When I first got here, you shaka everybody, and, and somebody <laughs> lets you in, just shaka. Is this the thing to do? Now it's like rare. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like occasionally, I, I make an appointment to shaka, you know, whenever I can. Now, like, see, the thing with the students is that, you know, you get in the habit of that. If you get onto your road test and you start shocking people, you get failed for driving with one hand. <laughs> so I tell them for the road test, there's, there's, no, there's no politeness, nothing. Just follow the rules. Then once you get your license, feel free to shaka the people. Is it 2 o'clock, 10 o'clock? Uh, is that old it's, school? Well, too? it's still 10 and 2, or 9 and 3 is the newer way, or 8 and 4. Okay. Yeah. They tend to try to not to do the 10 and 2 because people that drive 10 to 2 do a hand over hand turn. Right. And with see, not old school like us, we never had airbags when we were kids. <laughs> no, we didn't. So your arm's over the steering wheel, the airbag deploys, you break your arm, and all kinds of stuff happens. That's funny. We're talking about folks trying to visualize what are we talking about? Uh, the, the clock. Uh, where your two o'clock is and where the ten o'clock hand is is where we used to learn is the appropriate way, but back in the day when you used to cruise Waikiki and the VW Bug, you know, was always <laughs> down here at eight and four. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, over the, the hand over oh, the, the hand on one hand and, and the other hand. I'm hanging off the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then, then you get that tan that my grandfather had when he used to drive truck for the sugar cane, uh, but that's a whole different story. You know, um, we do some interesting things here. You talk about throwing the shaka. Uh, I still do it to this day. And um, I want to get into that in a bit. But first, let's rewind. Why do we back into stalls? And, and, and it is unique to Hawaii, is it not? It is very much so. Um, I haven't figured out why. Again, I didn't grow up here, so I don't know what the beginnings of why everybody backs in. I know it's easier when you pull out. But I noticed that when I went to the mainland to visit my daughter, who was living in Yuma, Arizona. And she says, I'm going to whip this thing and back it in, right? It's like, look, nobody here backs into the stalls. And it's like, and I looked, I looked around, I go, you're right, nobody backs in over here. Over here, you basically see everybody backing in. But in, in the mainland, it's not so much of a thing. You, do you teach that in driver's ed? I mean, do, what is that like parking? Is that part of the instruction? Um, we do it. It's not a mandatory thing to reverse park, but we generally try to teach them to reverse park. Uh, on the road test, I, as far as I know, they don't make you do a reverse park, you know, so. It's interesting, you know, uh, no matter who you talk to, uh, if you grew up here or not, they, they notice that we, we do that. You can go to Alamoana Shopping Center, and most people have backed into stalls, and it yeah. kind of creates a little bit of chaos sometimes when you first arrive, a lot of patience by those who are waiting. But at the same time, it's easy to exit, and that's why people, some people say, oh, that's why I do it. Others say, well, you know what, I want to hide my trunk from exposing to potential thieves. I mean, there's so many different reasons that I've heard, but never a source of where it all started. Yeah. 
you know, here a lot of people drive trucks. Yeah. And just the mechanics of backing or parking the car, trucks and vans are actually easier to reverse into a stall because it takes less space. Otherwise, if you try to pull straight in with one of the big trucks that we have around here, you have to take a really wide turn to get into the stall. And our parking lots aren't that big generally in Hawaii. They're kind of small. The lanes are kind of narrow. The stalls are kind of narrow. So it's actually physically easier to back into a stall. That makes sense. I mean, I, have a, I drive a truck. I drive a really big truck. And I can never pivot f- front in. You know, it's, it's, it takes way more energy and and expertise, if you will. And I used yeah. to be a valet. Uh, I call myself a professional driver because <laughs> uh, I used to park cars at the Halukulani. And even then, we'd back in the stalls. Uh, the valets did. No, nobody went in f- uh, f- forward. So again, why do we back in the stalls? Who knows? Everybody has their own reason. Throw in the shaka. We do. The, we throw the shaka like crazy still, and not, and not maybe not as much as before. Um, it's just the way we say how's it. It's the way we say thank you. It's the way we say, go ahead, let you in. I tell you what, my son lived in Chicago. He lives in Minneapolis now. But the first time I was driving with him and I threw a shaka to somebody who let me in, he told me, what are you doing? You know, and I said, oh, I'm just thanking him. And he says, he might think you're giving him the bird. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, unique to Hawaii? Obviously, shaka is, but. Yeah. I mean. You, well, see, otherwise, uh, people might misinterpret that as a gang sign. Right. Right, so then that could cause problems. So even when I drive in the mainland, when my wife's like, "Stop, don't do that," <laughs> it's like, oh, "I was just shocked." It's like, but they don't know what shaka is. A lot of people don't know what that means, yeah. you know. So, you know, you don't want to just put yourself into a road rage situation, which is pretty prominent all over the world. Actually, Hawaii is. We see we get a lot of it here. We've made like lots of incidents here that have been on national news. Yeah, we sure have. Uh, So not happy about that, but road rage very much exists. Um, Here's another thing I wanted to ask you, uh, because I've driven in the snow and I've driven in rain. Uh, When it rains here in Hawaii, we act like it's snowing. Uh, You know, people go down to 35 miles per hour on the freeway. I mean, I'm not joking. Unless there's a big puddle, yes, sure, slow down. But why do we drive extra cautiously in Hawaii? Um, even uh, some people accuse Hawaii drivers of driving too slow, even on the freeway, 10 yeah. miles below the speed limit, and it causes traffic issues as well. Why do we drive so carefully? It's just, I think it's just maybe because we're more relaxed here. Well, not everybody drives. You see how fast yes. people go nowadays. Everybody's in a rush. They're driving crazy, but I think traditionally people drive slower here because, well, you know, just like if you worked like worked in the mainland, when I first moved here, it was like, you ask somebody to do something, and you know, in the mainland, you, you expect them to do it like now, do it right away, right? And then like maybe the next day they get around to it, hey, we're on Hawaiian time, you know what I mean? Like, we'll get it done when we get it done, you know? Yeah. So it's like, so, kind of the know, hang loose yeah, hang mentality, loose, yeah. yeah? Um, so driving 10 miles be- below the speed limit, and I, I noticed no matter where you are, we stop for everybody, <laughs> right? I mean, you can be on Kalaniaanole Highway in, in, in Waimanalo, and you're gonna let one guy go and the next thing you know, he's letting three, four cars go. Um, we're very courteous that way in, in some yeah. respect. Yeah, to a fault sometimes, I think. Right. Cause now the guys that are behind you are like, what about us poor guys that are behind you? How yeah. about letting us go, you know? What do you, what do you teach students when, when uh, well, they come up in those situations? Well, it, it's dependent on whether you're preparing for the road test. See, because if you're preparing for the road test, if somebody's in a driveway waiting to come out, What's the rule? Who has the right of way? The exactly. car in the street has the right of way. Follow the rules. Because if you start letting people out, 
you get failed because the examiner doesn't know, hey, is this guy being polite or does he just not know the rules and he's just letting everybody go, see, so. So if you're preparing for the test, so when I tell the students, you gotta realize that this is road test driving and there's real life driving. Yeah, so after you get your license, if you feel like you wanna let people out, that's fine, but on the road test, just stick strictly to the rules. It's kind of black and white on the tests. It's not a whole lot of gray area, so. Yeah, it's, um, we drive with the Aloha Spirit, some of us, and some of us absolutely don't. And it doesn't matter where you're from, where you grew up. Um, but, you know, throwing the shaka, all those things that we talk about, the Aloha Spirit, it still exists, maybe not as much as before, yeah. um, but it's still a part of who we are, I think, and, and driving on the streets of Hawaii it is unique in many ways, not just the, the one-lane highways or, or minimal traffic lights in some of the neighbor islands areas, but we drive differently here. Yeah. Yeah. True. To, to a fault sometimes. <laughs> yeah. To a fault. You know, you talked a little bit about road rage, um, and it's not unique to anywhere. Uh, we're seeing a lot more of that here. Um, people are in a rush, maybe. I, I don't know. Stresses of life. <clears throat> but what do you teach a young driver about potential uh, road rage incidents, how to avoid them, what are the signs of somebody who may be aggressive? What, what, what are you looking out there on, on the street? Yeah, we have actually, uh, there's a, a, whole, a whole unit on our driving program that covers road rage because it wasn't even in the books when I first started. Right. That and also the texting, and none of those were in a book back then. They are now, but back 16 years ago when I started this, wasn't even a topic, wow. but now it's really prevalent. Road rage is things that we teach the students. To, you want to diffuse the situation. First of all, you don't, don't do anything that might antagonize somebody. And if you get in a situation where people are getting kind of agitated, try to get away from it. If they're going to try to get out of your car and assault you, don't get out of the car. And you never get out of the car because now you're putting yourself in this situation where they're going to want to combat with you. So. It's it's something so it's something you you actively teach them. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. And you talked a little bit about texting. Um, Lord knows we've been seeing a lot more of in legislation even addressing that, and it's more prevalent than any time. Even when texting first became an issue about dr when driving, distracted driving. Now, I mean, on the way to work today, I, I almost to the car, I saw folks texting. Why do we do that? It's just a bad habit. Yeah, it's a bad habit. See, for the teens, unfortunately. You know, they've had a phone basically since third grade, right? Right. So they're really good with that phone. I mean, they can do it with one hand, they can do it behind their back kind of stuff. <laughs> and then they get into the car and they feel confident that they can text, but their driving ability is not there. You know, their driving isn't good, so that's not a good mix to, yeah, I'm good at texting, but I'm not that great at driving, so it kind of throws everything off. I've seen some stories where they <clears throat> actually have teens uh, try to do what they do uh, while driving, whether it be texting, mainly texting, and it's the reaction time and all of the things that you spoke of, very real. I mean, no, no matter how well you think you can text, you need to put the device down. And unfortunately, they follow the adult's lead sometimes. Yeah, and, and I get it. A lot of the parents are doing it. Right. And we're teaching the, the teens, you know, yeah, it's not a safe thing to do, don't do it, but the parents do it, so they're kind of setting a bad example. Yeah, I remember Oprah had a whole episode one year, one year, years ago, and I still play it. It talks about all these things that happened with the texting where they put people through a test. They got the psychologists and everybody there to try to figure out, well, why, why come your brain doesn't work that way? How come you can't multitask that? Because if you're concentrating on your phone, you can't concentrate on the stuff that's outside the car. 
So. Although some people will say, well, yeah, but I can eat a sandwich or I can, I, I've seen, I've seen Wahine putting on makeup. <laughs> I've seen yeah. people trying to read the newspaper. I mean, I see some crazy things that, uh, again, yeah. not unique to Hawaii by any means. Uh, but we do, we do some really risk, high risk things when we try. Things, yeah. Yeah. Those are actually eating and putting on makeup. Those are things, the topics that are covered in our program. And I actually had a student told me once, oh yeah, my mom got a ticket for eating. It's really Eating, was she eating a fryer, a sandwich or something? Because, you know, because no, my mom was eating a hamburger steak plate <laughs> while she was trying to drive. Can you imagine how hard that is trying to cut the hamburger steak with your fork? Yeah, so the policeman's hard. I'm sorry, I'm it. giggling because I'm laughing rather. Guilty. I've, I've yeah. done it myself, you know, and, and yeah. uh, I try like heck not to text and, and drive, and but I'm guilty of it every once in a while too. I try to put it away. But it's 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 a bad habit and it's it's yeah. high risk. It's yeah, high I risk. used to when I used to work in town, I had a ukulele in my car, so I always played my ukulele while I was at traffic lights, just to try to get past the time. And half the time, I'm expecting to get the red light so I can play. I catch all green lights going to work, so <laughs> it was win-win. So if I caught the red light, I got to play with my ukulele a little bit. But then once I started teaching driver's ed, I says. I can't do this anymore because one of my students is going to see me and they're going to call me out. <laughs> hey, Mr. Wong, we saw you doing distracted driving, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I love you. By the way, I, I, it's, it's uh, your, the title of your company, your, your program that you run, Wong Wei Driving Academy. I mean, that, it's a play on your, your last name. Yeah, but, yeah. Actually, uh, I stole that from my dad. My dad was running for, in California, either it was the CTA or the NEA, and that was the slogan, you know, you can do it the right way or you can do it the best way, which is the wrong way. So <laughs> I stole it from him. That was like, you know, 60 years I'm ago. I'm sure it, it grabs people. It got my attention. Yeah. You know, I, I went on out looking for somebody to talk story with about this. Um, it grabbed my attention. It's a clever marketing uh, title for your for I get, your I get lots of Wongs that sign up for my <laughs> class. Well, they all know that you're the white guy, though, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, anything else about this topic? I mean, again, you, you went from the food and beverage life industry to seeing an opportunity to, to really help young drivers and also try to, and, and become a business. I mean, it's changed immensely. I mean, now you have to go through so many hours of, of instruction, before you can even think about getting your license. It, it, that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, we have the Graduated Driver's License Program, where it's also, once you get a provisional license, you don't get a full license from when you first get your license. So there's gotta be restrictions. So you can't drive between the hours of 11 and 5 a.m. That's to try to keep new drivers off the road in the hours where oftentimes lots of people that are driving under the influence are on the road. We don't want them you know, interacting. And they're not allowed to, like, when we were in high school, as big as your car was, you'd fit as yeah. many kids that would fit in. They'd be laying on top of each other. They'd be in the trunk, right? right. But now they're limited to only one other person under age that's below the age of 18 in the car once you get your provisional license. And that continues until you, until get, you get the full license. Full yeah. license. What does it take to get from provisional to full? Oh, there's a few requirements. You had to have held your, your provisional license for at least six months, and you got to be a minimum of 17. To get the full wow. license, yeah. So, yeah, going back to our, our earlier discussion about early driving, again, I, I, I'm not not lying. I, I, I drove when I was 12. I got behind a Datsun and, on Kauai and, and, and drove all the time. Um, so when I became 15 here on Oahu, I got my permit 
and my driver's license, driver's test, same day. I took my yeah. permit. I took my driver's license. Back then, we could. That's how fast it could be. And the the, the driving uh, the the person at HPD in Kalihi uh, said, because I took it in a in a standard. <laughs> I took it in a standard car, but my mom's Toyota Celica. Never forget it. And he's like, "How long have you been driving? You just took your permit today, right?" And he pulled me on a slight hill, and I negotiated the clutch. And, and on a hill, and he said, let's go back. You obviously been driving a long <laughs> yeah. time. Um, that's no longer the case. No, no longer. You can't just get your permit and just take the test. They, the, once they get the permit at age, earliest that they can get it is 15 and a half. And the earliest you can get a license is at 16. Or you still have to hold the permit for, for six months. Like if you got it when you were 16, you got to wait six months before they allow you to take the test. Like... You were saying you got the permit and then the, took the road test the same day. That's not happening unless you're an adult. Adults, this is for teens. Adults, you can actually, there's no there's no waiting period. Actually, I had taken an adult student of mine. She had gotten her permit the first of the week, and then I, I gave her lessons, and she actually was able to pass by the end of the week. And she had never been behind the wheel. Wow. So wow. I was like, I was amazed. Like, how do, you know, he goes, so, I go, how did you get around? Do you watch people drive? He goes, oh, I ride the bus all the time. I sit in the front by the bus driver, and I watch what he does when he drives. It's observational. So when he gets, when they get to the intersection, she's trying to predict what he's going to do. Because uh-huh. she knows I want to learn how to drive. Correctly. So yeah, she, yeah, so she yeah. learned by watching the bus driver. Wow. My, two of my dear friends, uh, who I still hang out to this day, they both failed uh, their their excuse me their uh, driver's tests road test um, twice. One went through a red light, <coughs> and and one uh, inkly, and one uh, didn't even know how to. He was re- using his grandma's car, and he claims he didn't know how to even turn off the windshield wiper. And the guy was like, oh, well, yeah. you you got to get back." Um, again, driving is a privilege. Yes, and uh, whether you're seventeen or seventy. It is a privilege. It is a huge responsibility. You have a, you have a vehicle that could cause major damage. We joke about some of the things we do here, but the reality is, it's a tremendous responsibility. It is, yes. It is a, it's a privilege that can be taken away at any time. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think you know, I'm getting to that senior citizen age, but I think at some age you have to maybe either retest or re, because I know now once you get like close to like 70. I just talked to this man that I was sitting next to. I think he's 72. He has, he has to go like every two years now to re, you know, to renew his permit. But you don't have to take the test again. You just got to go do an eye test. But they don't give you an agility test. Uh, the day before Thanksgiving, I was with a student. We were turning at an intersection. And, you know, we're always supposed to go to the closest lane. So I told my student, we're making a left turn. Go into the left lane. Okay, and then the, this old guy, after I got his license, he's like 85. He's making a right turn, and he, he goes past the right lane and hits my car. Right, so it's like, okay, so I had to call the cops. They all came, and they took the report. And I was, he, the policeman's asked me what happened. Oh, we made a left turn. He crossed over, and he's yelling at, yelling at me, you're a liar, you're a liar. I didn't do that. So it just so happened I bought a dash cam recently. So what had happened is I, I took the footage. And my insurance company said, call the insurance company first and so and see what see what they'll do. So then I sent them the video and then the adjuster said, Oh well, we saw the video, yeah, we're gonna pay for your damages. Oh good for that. And then an hour later she called me back, saying, 
um, you know, would you mind if I allowed the other party to see the video because he doesn't believe in my judgment. So he wants to see for himself what, what happened. So I guess she sent him the video to show him that right. you did, in fact, cross over into my lane to hit us. So Accidents oh. happened, but like I said, I think at some point, at a certain age, they have to be able to be given a test to find out, can this person still drive, you know, mm -hmm. physically, mentally? Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they make pilots retire. You know, yeah. for the same reason. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that's a whole different topic. And I respect people's independence. And, and yeah. but certainly as we get older, we, our reaction times are slower and, and such. But by all means, I know some 80 year olds who can still, you know, oh, yeah. still bring it. If they got uh, it, that's great. But, yeah. you know, find out if they got it. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Well said. Well said, uh, Mr. Wong. <clears throat> Uh, you are the white guy to talk about this whole co topic, and I appreciate you coming down, talking story. Sure, you know, we time. do crazy things here, um, fun. It makes us unique in many ways. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about getting to destination safely. Um, how we do it, whether it's 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 4 o'clock on your steering wheel, uh, just know that you have a responsibility out there yep, as a driver. Gotta stay safe. Make everyone else safe on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the good work you do, by the way, with our oh, with our Kiki. It's, it ain't easy. You know, I, I remember being at Kailua High School in the parking lot trying to teach my kids how to drive and, <laughs> oh, my gosh, nearly putting a hole in my, in my, my uh, you know, my floor <laughs> trying yeah. to press on a brake that wasn't there. Um, it's a tremendous responsibility, too, for you. Yeah, well, you know, we actually do adults, too. So yeah. And not just the teens, but then the adults actually are the scarier drivers to teach. Because, you know, kids at that age, they don't understand what scary is or risk is involved in things. So they're a little bit, I'm never going to die kind of mentality. But then you get older people, they get petrified and they lock up and they freeze up when they're driving. They're the scary drivers, yeah. <laughs> they ride that brake. <laughs> yeah. Pump that brake. Pump your brakes, brother. All right, thank you. Hey, Stephen, continued success, continued thank good you. health. And again, thank you for the work you do with our Kiki and our, and our adults in Kukuna. <laughs> Really Thank appreciate you very it. Much, right yeah. on. Mahalo Nui for joining us. Join us next week for another episode of What School You Went. Until next time, keep throwing the shaka. Ahoyo. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.